Aspirus, passion for excellence, compassion for people. It's time for Aspirus Health Talk. Here's Melanie Cole. Many people suffer from various types of abdominal pains they think are diet or stress related, when in fact it could be a hernia or gallbladder problem that are easily treated. My guest today is Dr. Michael McAllister. He's a general surgeon with Aspirus. Welcome to the show, Dr. McAllister. So when is a stomach pain, an abdominal pain, something that people should be concerned about? Okay, well, uh, with respect to abdominal pain that, that can be due to issues with the gallbladder, uh, gallbladder pain typically uh, is felt as a pain underneath the, the rib cage, usually on the right side uh, in the area of the liver. It can go up to the right shoulder, sometimes the back. Um, when it's due to the gallbladder, it typically comes on anywhere from 15 minutes to 45 minutes after eating. Uh, it can last for a couple hours. Most of the time when it's related to gallstones, it's felt as a sharp pain in that area. Uh, but there are other problems with the gallbladder, such as dyskinesia, which is when the gallbladder isn't working properly. And, and those can be uh, felt as uh, less specific sorts of pain, sometimes more in the mid to upper abdomen, usually felt as more of a soreness and can be accompanied by feelings of nausea that can last for several hours. Um, and those sorts of things we can look into with specific tests like ultrasound and a, and a radiology test called a HIDA scan. Um, <clears throat> with respect to abdominal pain that uh, it can be more relating to the stomach, such as an ulcer, uh, that can be felt as a burning pain in the upper abdomen, sometimes in the left side upper abdomen. Uh, it can be made worse with eating and sometimes made better with eating, uh, and it can be accompanied by uh, issues with GI bleeding. Um, Sometimes abdominal pain can uh, uh, be uh, a harbinger of a hernia, uh, such as a groin hernia. Uh, if you have uh, a pain in the left or right groin, it's made worse with bowel movements or straining, or especially if you have a bulge in that area, uh, that needs to be looked into by a surgeon because that can represent a, a groin hernia that is usually uh, easily repairable, and uh, when it's fixed, the associated pain typically goes away. Dr. McAllister, while some hernias may not be emergent unless you've had them for a while, and as you say, sometimes you can see them or feel them when you're trying to, you know, have a bowel movement, are gallbladder symptoms, the ones you've described, are they emergent? Are they something that if you have some of those symptoms, you need to get right into a doctor or go to the ER? Well, uh, with respect to, to gallbladder pain, uh, usually these are not considered to be emergent issues, although they can be. Uh, if someone is having uh, bad problems with fever or chills, feeling generally run down, they have a constant pain in the right side of the abdomen, or if uh, they have a change in the color of their bowel movement, specifically uh, if the bowel movements turn like a clay-white appearance, that can indicate a blockage of the liver, and that sometimes needs to be addressed either by a surgeon or a gastroenterologist. But... Um, with respect to biliary dyskinesia and chronic issues with the gallbladder, such as gallstones, they typically don't need to be addressed emergently. But if you have fever or chills associated with it, that needs to be seen as soon as possible. What do you do for that? What do you do for gallstones, for example, or some of the other gallbladder problems? Well, uh, with biliary dyskinesia, uh, surgery is, is typically optional. Uh, that is to say, when the gallbladder is not working correctly. Sometimes the symptoms can be mitigated with changes of the diet and losing weight. With respect to gallstones, 
the gallbladder typically has to be removed surgically. Uh, there really aren't any medications that work well for uh, getting rid of gallstones. Uh, in this day and age, uh, removal of the gallbladder is considered to be standard of care. Uh, and that's typically done laparoscopically with three or four small cuts, um, as opposed to the old way which with a large cut underneath the uh, edge of the rib. Um, and it's uh, typically an in-and-out procedure. It can be, uh, patients can be discharged the same day almost all the time. And what about hernia surgery? We hear a lot about it. It seems to be much more common these days than it used to be. Tell us about this. Is it minimally invasive? How long is the recovery? Well, there are different ways to fix uh, a hernia, uh, and it depends on, on what kind of a hernia it is and whether it's the first time or the second time that it's being addressed surgically. Uh, hernias generally should be fixed. Uh, they uh, don't ever get any better than they are. Uh, at the time when they're found, uh, then they can get worse. Um, with the respect to how it's fixed, uh, I tend to use an open uh, surgical repair for groin hernias um, because I've, that is the, um, the way that I was trained. Uh, that's my most uh, comfortable way to do it. They've done several studies about what's the best way to fix a hernia, and um, the consensus opinion is that the best way to fix a hernia is whatever the, the best way uh, that the surgeon was trained to do it, meaning they're most uh, the, the way that they're the most comfortable with. Uh, there's advantages to doing it open and, and laparoscopically. Laparoscopic repair for groin hernia has a little bit more of a recurrence rate associated with it, and that's one of the reasons I prefer an open approach. Uh, with respect to other hernias, such as what we call umbilical or ventral hernias, oftentimes the laparoscopic approach is a better way to go, uh, depending on the size and the patient and, and other specific factors that go into it. Um, with respect to the recovery period of a, a, a hernia repair, uh, groin hernia surgery uh, tends to be associated with a little bit of a longer recovery. It is also considered to be an outpatient procedure, but people will tend to have some significant pain for a few days afterwards, and it starts to taper off and gradually go away by about two weeks or so. Uh, people need to be uh, uh, on a uh, light-duty uh, restriction for up to four weeks or so after any hernia surgery uh, to allow the area time to heal. With respect to uh, laparoscopic uh, abdominal hernia surgery, ventral hernia and umbilical hernias, uh, those also tend to be outpatient procedures. Uh, if there's involvement in the internal organs uh, in the hernia, sometimes it's best to watch somebody overnight. Uh, but it, it's typically an in-and-out uh, type thing, and uh, the recovery from that sort of a, a surgery is, is also in the neighborhood of four weeks for a full recovery, uh, one to two weeks of, uh, of uh, time away from work and school. Can hernia be prevented? Uh, well, there are certain things that will predispose people uh, to the development of hernia, uh, such as uh, a chronic cough, uh, a medic, uh, medical problem called COPD, uh, but there's not much that can be done to prevent a hernia. Smoking uh, can be terrible uh, in terms of um, contributing to the formation of hernias, but in terms of specific things that people can do to prevent them, uh, there really aren't a lot of things that can be done. 
Dr. McAllister, in the beginning you mentioned ulcers as one of the possible things that could be going on when you have abdominal pains. What might signal that you have an ulcer? And what do you do about, we hear a lot about stress and things that might be related to ulcers. Is there any truth to that? Well, uh, as the, there have been studies that have, been sh- that have shown um, in recent years that uh, the, uh, the typical story of a, a businessman who's got a stressful life and as stress-induced ulcers, that may not be uh, as typical as we once thought. A lot of times, uh, ulcers are associated with an infection called Helicobacter pylori or H. pylori, which is a very easily treated bacterial infection in the stomach. Uh, contributes to abdominal pain and reflux disease when we find it, uh, either with a blood test or on an upper endoscopy scope. Uh, it's very easy to treat. With respect to treatment of uh, ulcers in the stomach, uh, we will typically place the patients on a uh, acid uh, reduction medication regimen, usually what we call a, a proton pump inhibitor or an H2 blocker uh, for a few months, usually at least three to six. Sometimes people need lifetime acid suppression if they have a significant ulcer. If they do have an ulcer associated with an H. pylori infection, uh, they can con- complete a uh, medic- uh, an antibiotic course Uh, in between one and two weeks, and that's typically adequate treatment for it. In just the last minute or so, Dr. McAllister, give the listeners your best advice for those suffering from abdominal pains, they're not sure why, and why they should come to Aspirus and see you to get diagnosed. Uh, Yeah, if if you have abdominal pain and you're, you're not certain what the cause is, it's important that you be seen by someone who uh, is some sort of a specialist, either a gastroenterologist or a surgeon, because oftentimes uh, they can be very easily addressed, either with medication or surgery. Uh, Sometimes if these things are left alone, they can progress, and uh, they can become a more difficult issue to deal with, uh, as opposed to if they're uh, dealt with early. Uh, And I think you should come see me at Aspirus, because I will do my best to take care of you in as timely a fashion as possible. And... um, I look forward to seeing you in my office if there's anything I can do to help you. Thank you so much, Dr. McAllister. What a nice man you are. You're listening to Aspirus Health Talk. For more information, you can go to Aspirus.org. That's Aspirus.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thank you so much for listening.